Hello, and welcome to Mind of Micah and Backdoor Cover. Today, it's the second installment of the podcast that hasn't actually started yet, but might have to. It's called Texas in 20, in which I talked to my friend Curry about the things in Texas University of Texas Athletics. And trust me, even if you are not a UT fan, I think you'll enjoy it because there's a lot going on. And, you know, everybody likes to watch a train wreck too, which we can talk about we're going to get into. But of course, before we do, a quick reminder. The best way to avoid a train wreck in your life and just to chill out is to go to earlybirdcbd.com slash Micah. Do it right now. Save 20% on your first order. These are full-spectrum hemp gummies. They uh, contain a microdose of THC as long as well as some CBD that makes you euphoric and feel good, which all Texas fans could feel good right now. They probably don't remember what that feels like. Five games in a row they've lost, including last night's debacle against Kansas. Yes, that Kansas. I'm joined now to talk about it by Curry. Hello, Curry. Hi, Micah. It's good to talk to you again. It's good great. To hear your voice. It's great to talk to you. How are? Uh, yeah. are, are you excited for the Thurs today? Yeah, Cam Newton's back. We're about an hour out. Um, it, you know, Cam I, actually I starting? Focus. Not today. I think they got some you know, some packages that he can play in. Um, but I think he starts next week, which is great because it's going to be like the, the only the second Panthers game I'm I'm missing this year. Oh, perfect! I'll be in Austin. Oh, great. Which will be the biggest, like, Panthers home game in, like, three years. So, oh, well. Cool. I mean, I'll, be at the, uh, I'll be at the Texas-Kansas State game instead, which will be, a, you know, potentially a meaningful game lots to get bowl of, eligible. Lots of good tickets available would be my guess based I, yeah, on I the attendance we saw last week. All right, well, let's just talk about it because I, I, there's a lot to talk about. And, and obviously, we're not going to get into the X's and O's. Uh, just, uh, uh, what was the final score last night? 57, 56, uh, yeah, that, uh, Kansas, yeah, it was, well, go ahead. I, I, I want to hear your, I want to hear, I just want to hear your take, your, your, oh, sure. your overview on it. Well, let me be clear as, as most people that listen know, I, I follow Texas football. I don't necessarily care, uh, as much as I certainly don't care in the way that I care about my school, about the university of Missouri. Uh, but Texas is always a curiosity, and I always believe that Austin is a more fun city, the city in which I live, when Texas is good at football. Uh, it's been a very long time since that was actually the case, though. This program has been unbelievably mediocre since since Colt McCoy got hurt in 2009. That being said, never in my lifetime has Texas lost five games in a row in the same season, or perhaps five games in a row ever. Uh, I think 1956 is what I'm, what I'm seeing the last time they had a five-game losing streak. The year before Daryl Royal came to Austin, his name is on the stadium. Uh, this is this is a, a remarkable low point. It reminds me of of '96, I guess, or '97, with when things fell apart with Makovic before uh, Mac Brown came in. Uh, but this may be worse. And as somebody who like watches UT and and I, I I would prefer Texas wins. You know, I like people are in my life are happier when Texas wins, uh, but I don't live and die by it. I found myself, and, and my, my first question for you, Curry, did you find yourself 
sort of rooting for Texas to lose this game just to see what rock bottom really felt like? Uh, I've done that in the past. Uh, so I already know what rock bottom feels like. This is the second time I've lost to Kansas as a fan in four years. Five. So, but still. Five. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, no, I wasn't. I wasn't rooting against Texas last night. Part of me was curious. I, at no point last night did I think Texas was going to lose. Uh, up until I guess that two point conversion. Um, even about fact, halfway even, through that play. Well, and here's the problem. I didn't get to see the play because I was watching on my phone. So oh. Oh, no. it was delayed. And then I started getting FaceTimes from uh, uh, folks I know that aren't Texas fans. So I didn't see the play. But because the FaceTime started pouring in, I, I kind of understood probably what happened. Um, so I actually I actually haven't, I haven't seen the play yet. Uh, I, I couldn't stomach the replay. Um, I do know Brennan Schooler was involved. Uh, and typically when he's involved, it's a bad play on, on Texas side. So, um, but you know, if you give up 57 to Kansas, not sure how you expect to win. Uh, so it's, it's not one play, Mike, as my high school football coach used to say. Um, but I was, I, you know, I didn't pay attention to what he said a lot either. Well, but no, in terms of it being though. a low point, well, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I don't actually, you know, I remember the, the Texas Kansas game from from five years ago and i remember thinking god like just what an absolute disaster that was and then i think it was the following week i I went to the game i think it was tcu thanksgiving uh and that felt like a funeral and i think i think we ended up losing that game um i don't have i actually am not as pessimistic right now i think the team is bad but i don't think the coaching is is necessarily bad Hmm. uh or i haven't given i haven't given up on it yet um However, it's it's at that point right now where like mentally it's just not worth tuning in to Texas football. I'm still gonna do it, um, but it, it, it's not. I don't think this is the lowest point for Texas football in terms of ex- my own personal experience and the fact that I think we could potentially go lower. Well, a game like last night is kind of the worst for someone who's trying to actually pay attention, like to have a game that is that sort of dramatic and, you know, watching the the disparity in talent between these two teams. Now, you may not think Texas is very good, and and obviously the results don't say that they are. But they're so much better than Kansas. I mean, when you... I actually, I don't... I never, you misquoted me there. I don't think Texas is bad. I think Texas is... Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna harp back to I think it was after the Oklahoma game this year. I think I, I put a tweet out that was basically like that was the most painful Texas loss I've experienced in like 25 years of being a Texas fan. And I'm you know I immediately started getting roasted because everybody was calling out like the you know 2008 Texas Tech Crabtree game and then you know the Gideon drop and how that was you know. And, I, like, I get that that game cost Texas more, like it cost Texas a national title, uh, potentially. But they still won a Fiesta Bowl that year, and they still went to a national title the following year. Like, for me, like, knowing Texas football, like, when they lost that Oklahoma game, you just knew it was going to spiral out of control. I didn't think it would spiral this badly, but, like, when, when Texas blew that game, it was sort of like this team – which is, you know, it, it is a, a team full of mental midgets, unfortunately, 
was essentially they were going to collapse. Uh, and that's, that's essentially what's happened. The Oklahoma State game, the Baylor game, you know, this is why I, I kind of almost feel bad for Sark. I don't think he's probably ever dealt with a team like this Texas team. He schemed up, like the Baylor game in, in particular, he schemed up like 50 points that, that Texas just couldn't execute. The Oklahoma State game, similar situation. I think they were up 24-3. Like, if Texas wins that Oklahoma game, you know, I don't think we're – I think it's a it's a different conversation that we're having right now. And and I – part of, obviously part of it's on start because you, you can't lose five games in a row, Texas. Like, it, it should be impossible. But I think a lot of it is just this is a really bad team. Like, like from a mental – from a mental standpoint, talent-wise, they can hang with anybody when they're playing their best or yes. they're better. All right, let me ask you this question. Let's put let's create a pie chart. Who do you blame, okay. and how? What percentage do you blame for this team being this emotionally weak? Uh, yeah, I mean, Sark has to have at least a little piece of it, obviously, because he's been there now okay. for a year. Uh, do you blame Tom Herman? Do you blame the administration? Do you blame like where who who gets blamed no. for being so soft? So this, Emotionally I mean, soft, if nothing else. I don't. Well, I don't want to. You know, I always think that's unfair when you're like, "Oh, this team is soft." Although I I saw guys give up on routes. I saw receivers not dive. I saw less than maximum effort throughout this game last night. Yeah, uh, we're at the part of the season which is one of my least favorite, and it's sort of where every every sports media person. Uh, on Twitter goes fishing for retweets where they go find some stupid stats, you know, historical stats about how Kansas hasn't, you know, won a road big 12 game in 14 years, or they're like four and 58 against, you know, Texas teams. And just, you know, you can go get, if you want right now, you can go get 800 retweets. If you find some obscure stat about about, uh, Kansas football or just Texas in general, because everybody loves this shit about Texas. Texas, you have two choices with Texas. You either, and this is why I don't blame Sark yet, because it probably takes some, some acclimation. Texas is either, and we had it this year, you either have a Heisman campaign with your, with a player, uh, and a, and national title hopes, or the season is over. And this is not a program that can survive like a, like a Washington or a, a South Carolina, uh, where like people can just stomach eight wins. Like this is not a program that can do that. So when they start spiraling, this is probably like an eight-win team that has spiraled into six wins or five wins. And so on the pie chart, uh, I I put a a majority of the blame probably on the players. Like the players aren't executing what the coaches need them to execute. I would say I'm going to put here. I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you figures. I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you numbers. I'm going to put uh, and and track my math here because a pie chart's supposed to be a hundred, right? That's last I checked. Yes. Yeah, I'm going to say fifty-seven percent of that is on the players okay okay i'm gonna put 16 percent on sark i'm gonna put what's what's my remaining can you do the math for that yeah for me? 57 plus 16 let me pull the calculator here I think it's 70 is that 73, that's 73 right 27 27 yeah remaining. that's what i was looking yeah i was gonna say 27 uh is on uh pk the defensive coordinator and then <laughs> And then I think we're and then I think we're good. And I think that's a fair assessment of this Texas team. But but to, to sort of here's my other point because it's ha- I I've already gotten into it today once. Everybody wants to talk about like there is the the age old trope 
about how Texas football will never be good because the administration meddles too much and the song and the donors and they don't understand like what it takes. And I think that's all bullshit now. I think this is like a Texas program that like only cares about winning. They will, they will literally do whatever it takes to win. They will, you know, and I, I think I said it on Twitter today, like Texas, the Texas football, it is winning above all else for like the first time ever. It's, they're just not winning. So I don't have any, you know, firing Tom Herman. Uh, I, yeah, I don't think that was a bad move at all. I, you know, I, Sark is a great coach to me. I don't have any ill will towards him. I think CDC has it right. I think uh, that like the whole administration is aligned on winning. The team is just isn't winning. So I'm not, you know, I think the blame again, and I, you know, 57%, like I said, and that's, that's hard math that I did. That was um, good. But I think that's, I think that's on the players. Well, so I'm glad you mentioned this because I saw that that Bomani Jones tweeted something about that uh, that you responded to. Um, that the there this trope comes out when things don't go well at Texas. That uh, the the big money boosters are meddling, or you know this is on the boosters, and and that this is an athletic program run amok. I don't think that's the case here. I I don't remember uh, Red McComb standing up and saying get rid of of uh tom herman i don't and i certainly don't remember big boosters like drinking whiskey and toasting because they hired sark uh you know that's a whole nother you're much higher on sark than i am um but i i don't i didn't get the impression this wasn't like you know not to not to rub dirt on you but this the aggies when the aggies got jimbo that was a big coup that was wow we're that was the the boosters made the big moves you had uh what's his name uh the the trial attorney in in Houston uh who's Rick Perry's attorney. no 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 the Aggie yep. uh the Aggie version of that um oh i forgot uh, he ran for mayor god this is killing me um anyway he's he's anyway they had board of regents members come out and just say like we got to get a new coach like publicly after game one. And then they went out and they wrote a big check and they got Jimbo. And that was a guy who had, who had been established, who I don't care for at all, but he, he was a guy who's been established and won a national championship and all that. I just, I, I don't think that this was a case where the boosters were like, we got to fire Tom Herman. This was Chris Del Conte, who's been empowered and has done a, a good job on everything but the hires so far. At least the results is probably the, the better way to say it. And, just getting, you know, making a move. It, it seemed fairly unilateral on Del Conte's part uh, to go get this guy. And it and yeah. they've lost five games, and each of them by less than a touchdown, I think. I mean, it, it, it's not like... Now, last night was pathetic. They, were, they spent most of that game down by three touchdowns, which is just inexplicable. Uh, and, and they were clearly the better team throughout. You, you know, you could tell they were going to make a comeback. That being said, they're not getting embarrassed except for last night. That's why it feels like rock bottom to me. Iowa State's Dude, okay. They're, they're getting. I think they're getting embarrassed. Like, I mean, Iowa State was a twenty-eight-seven. Well, and like, plus you have I, you have the pole assassin story one week. Then you have Bo yeah. Davis screaming at the team, and and of course, not really Bo Davis's fault, but the the leak, uh, and now this. And I mean, LOL, Kansas is just a, a perpetually funny meme. And now Kansas beat Texas. I know, Texas and, the, is, and the fact that I mean, the fact that we're reviving it after five years because it had kind of it had kind of run its course. Well, and it and uh, and Kansas doesn't have Kansas doesn't have pay. another memorable win in those five years. That's what's funny about it. 
they don't have another good win in five years. It's Texas again. It's just amazing. Yeah, I listen, I think, I mean, there's a hand. Uh, you can sort of throw blame around across the board. I think Texas, like at its core right now, is just like a, a mentally broken, like totally lost confidence football team. And and I bet you watch this week. I bet the transfer portal starts lighting up. And and I bet that's what the staff wants. Like getting back to your Jimbo point, and I know you're not a pie, I'm sorry, but like if you gave if you put the same roster of random players, and it doesn't have to be the Texas team or the A and M team, uh, on a field, and you said you either get to pick Jimbo or Sark to coach this offense or this team in general, I'd take Sark. Like I think Sark's a really good coach, and I sure. think everybody, like you said earlier, I think everybody was lined in, laser focused on him. And they had to get rid of Herman, and and you know, to I think Bomani, you know, was saying that they got rid of Herman, you know, because of the song, because he came out against the song. I think that played into it, but I think like, you know, to, back to my point, like winning comes first at Texas right now for the first time ever. Like this is not the lost odds era, Texas. This is like a new era. It, winning, you know, with a class and integrity is great. But winning comes first. Like it, you know, ten years ago, no coach could ever come out and say a player isn't, you know, allowed to, you know, they can go into the locker room instead of seeing the eyes. That, you know, they would rather lose than that happen. Right now, it's like if if that's what it takes to win, whatever. But if you start losing, they're going to turn on you, and they turned on Herman because of that, but also because like he's somewhat of an asshole. Yes, which is great. Whatever. And well, and and I think that's important here too. Because, yes, Herman, by all accounts, just kind of generally a dick. Uh, he always seemed to say the wrong things. He, he just, he never, never really got it right. And if you, I agree that Sark, if you've got one Saturday, give me Sark over Jimbo, I think he's going to be able to dial up stuff from an X's and O's perspective. He's, he's proven that. But that dude does not really inspire a lot of confidence. He, he, this isn't the big flashy hire that gives great press conferences and wins the press conference. And I don't know anything about UT recruiting. I don't know where they are there. Um, but he doesn't also really inspire much confidence. I've heard someone say he is the exact opposite. If you hated coach Clapper, Mac Brown, when Texas was behind, uh, you'll feel some kind of way about Sark who just has this weird look on his face and does nothing. Are you not yeah. at all bothered by his game day deme- demeanor? Not really. I think, no. And I don't think he loses. I think he's good in press conferences. I think, like, he maybe he's not as exciting. Maybe he's just so boring that I, I don't pay yeah, any attention to what he says. Yeah, I think he's super boring. Yeah that's, yeah. A, yeah, that's a great... I think he's just super boring, which is fine. Like, that's... A, I think, you know, it'll it'll be super... Especially this week. Like, I remember the, the post-game the post uh, game press conference for Charlie Strong after... Uh, the Kansas game where he basically knew his fate that Sark didn't really have that moment last night, but it'll be super interesting on his Monday press conference when everybody comes and it's going to be like guns blazing, pitchforks are sharpened. Kirk Bowles is going to have some just, you know, horrific question to open it up. I think like, I think Sark is going to be like fiery and he's, he's been fiery before, but like he's like composed. So it's not really like a headline. Uh, I think he like the Josh Moore, the original incident, which happened two weeks ago. I think they, he kind of came out firing at the media a little bit, but it was like, 
so justified that like, you know, it wasn't one of those like Dan Mullen moments where, you know, he has to like go into crisis management training with his PR team because he just like fucked up his press conference so badly. Yeah. So yeah, I think he's, I think this, I, the whole staff to me is, you know, I bet they want to turn this roster so hard uh, and, and just sort of like, and, and this is, this is unfortunately the, the pessimistic view, but like if you turn this roster, uh, which they're going to have to do, this is a, this is a rebuild. I think it's a rebuild. And I said earlier in a group me that is a rebuild sort of mixed with a reload because you have the best freshman wide receiver in college football. You have, uh, you know, a Heisman caliber running back. He's Hudson not coming Card back is, though. Come on. Who? Bijan? Yeah. Unless he transfers. He's, he's a going, sophomore. Uh, really? He's a sophomore. Yeah. Oh, he has man. to come back. And, uh, you know, I think, I don't think the, the starting quarterback for Texas next year is on the roster right now. I think whoever, whoever Texas is starting quarterback is, is in, is playing for somebody else. And then, and then the problem is the offensive line sucks so bad that like you, and you can't really build an offensive line in the transfer portal. So I don't know if it's going to be an immediate fix, but I think they're going to churn this roster because it's, it's a little cancerous. So let's move forward. Uh, it, sure. th- the other thing this reminds me of a, is that 97 uh, season under Makovic when things started going south. They lost to, to Rice at home. And, and you know what my favorite quote is growing up was, you can't beat Rice every year. I said it last night, you can't beat Kansas every year. <laughs> well, it's was, true. I think 97, was that Route 66 too? No, uh, yes, yes it was. Uh, the season kicked yeah. off with Route 66 and then ended up with a loss to Rice. Uh, this, of course, with yeah. Ricky Williams on the roster. Um, but that's neither here nor there. I just remember, I remember it vividly. People were saying, oh, well, if they can win the next two games, they can still go to a bowl game. And I remember my dad going, they're not going to win the next two games. They're going to lose the next two games. Can Texas beat Kansas State next week? I mean, they can. What happens if they lose that game? And then is that their, who do they have left? It'd be super interesting if they beat Kansas State next week because they're playing West Virginia next week, um, which they'll lose. Uh, and then it doesn't matter because Kansas State's the Thanksgiving game at home over under 28,000 people at DKR for that one. And Ooh, I'll be unfortunately, I'll be of, unfortunately one of them. A lot of empty seats last night. It's going to be and a lot. Coming. Did you go? No. I mean, I didn't, I didn't even, I went to the UVA Notre Dame game last night in case you're curious mentally where I am on Texas football right now. Cool. But the, uh, cool. <laughs> yeah, that was shit. Um, but the, yeah, no one's going to show up for the rest of the season. And then, you know, I said it like, I don't know, three weeks ago, you just played the young guys. Like, you don't play Bijan anymore. You don't play uh, uh, Worthy. I mean, you play Worthy to keep him happy. But, like, you you don't play any fifth-year seniors. The fact that Hudson Card can't beat out Casey Thompson with, like, a, a you know, hurt thumb is like, well, Card's probably not the dude. Like, it's just... There's, you, you basically play everybody who is young and hasn't played, and it, maybe it won't count against their redshirt total because they're only going to play, like I think, less than four games. Yeah. All right, we got one more minute before we got to yeah, get out right. of here. Uh, okay. Thoughts on the Gonzaga-UT basketball game last night? Did you watch any of it? Yeah, I watched all of it. They basically um, got boat raced off the off the jump, and and uh, I don't know. Yeah, I didn't watch funny, the second Texas, half. They, they usually have... Like Texas's uh, strength in the past has been uh, like interior players, like bigs, and they've never had really good guards. 
And this year, I feel like they've got good guards, uh, but no no good interior presence. Like they could really use like a Kai Jones or a Jericho Sims right now, or you know, a Jared Allen or a Miles Turner. And they don't have any of that. They've got, I think, Trey Mitchell and, and Christian Bishop. Uh, but it's a bunch of transfers, and Gonzaga is really good. And Texas's non-conference schedule is so shitty that it's they incredibly shitty. It's almost impossible to lose until uh, conference play. Yes, unless they I lose to Sheaton Hall or Tennessee. I have. So it doesn't matter. I, I've I've got season tickets this season in the last year in the drum, and uh, we went and saw them play Houston Baptist the other day. I don't know if these dudes can play, but they look scary. They are long. Well, they are I, athletic. Now, when you run up against the best team in the country and a program that is churning with an established coach, and like that's a whole, they, they really had no business winning that game last night, and they didn't. That being said, this is the shittiest home schedule I have ever seen for any program. Uh, the, the, there's, there's no way they should lose any of these games. So, you know, this is all a long way of saying like, we wake up in two months and Texas will be sixteen and one, and and it, it doesn't mean anything. And it'll mean nothing. But I, I exactly. Think, yeah, I think the the and here's another sort of glass half full take on how shitty the schedule is, and, and get used to it because Chris Beard only schedules yeah, shitty non conference games. Yeah, this is him. Yeah, but it's because he puts trans you know a team of transfers together, and then he's got to run like five different lineups to see how it works. So he gets Cal Baptist in as basically they're basically exhibition games to see which of his lineups will work for conference play, which is like. All right, I can sort of get behind that. And also, you know, he didn't schedule Gonzaga or you know, basically no game. The hardest game he scheduled is Rice. So all the other games are TV games and previously scheduled games. Uh, but it would it would be nice to get Gonzaga in like uh, December, early December, or something like a, where maybe they you know, they're more ready, but also Texas kind of knows what they have a little bit more than they do right now. So yeah. I'm I'm still I'm still in on 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 Texas basketball, even though you know they were they were never in it yesterday. All right, well we, we have uh, Texas in twenty has gone more than twenty. Uh, do you want to plug well, anything? Cut, cut some of it. Uh, no, <laughs> no, I never want to plug anything. Of course not. That's why I ask. Uh, and just to recap, uh, Curry blames the players fifty seven percent, Sark sixteen percent, and the defense coordinator twenty seven percent. Have you seen this? And the monkey. And the monkey. <laughs> what about the pole assassin and the monkey? Uh, yeah, the, have you seen this monkey. Twitter account? Uh, I believe it's at message board. Oh, it's called at board geniuses. Board. Yeah, yeah I have. And uh, I only I only see good takes off that. And apparently, yeah, takes. it was good. Here, there was a post on Horns twenty four seven last night that said, "If you're on board anywhere, PK, who's what's the defense coordinator's name? Pete." Kwiatkowski, I can't pronounce it. We'll call him PK. Kwiatkowski, yeah, PK. If you're on the board anywhere, PK, I'll be in Austin this week. Let's fucking throw down. If I win, you get the fuck out of Texas and go back to the West Coast. If you win, you can stay and, quote, coach your shitty, too high safety defense. Spoiler alert, I'm going to kick your fucking ass. Fuck you. So the, the message boards yeah. are, are probably... Uh, he's, lived in, like, he's lived in Austin for like seven months. Like, can you imagine? You don't even get one year as these coaches anymore. You're just you're like bugs paid out of the gate. I uh, I hope they uh the, the, I hope they you know he's rent, never had like it. a bad season. Like he is a he is a it's sort of like you know any and I know we're going over so uh, I'm gonna say this final thing. But any coach that comes through Texas that fucks up typically does fine somewhere else, and they did fine beforehand. Uh, and we just we're not at the point yet where we can acknowledge it, and that's fine. <laughs> okay, well that's fine too. Curry, thank you for joining me. 
And uh, thanks for yeah, listening thanks. to Mind of Micah and Backdoor Cover. We're going to run this on both feeds. Uh, check out earlybirdcbd.com slash Micah. And until next time, mm, bye-bye.